I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hello, chickens. Uh, look, there's a lot to get through. Um, I've been ploughing through some reading about the remembrance of the Daleks, uh, which, you know, I, I kind of... I, I guess the Dark Knight earrings should have been a giveaway for me in the episode, but... Um, yeah, it was kind of a revisionist time in comic books. I know that Andrew Cartmel, who was the uh, script editor, was a big comic book fan. Like, he tried to get uh, Pat Mills um, and John Wagner to write for the show. Uh, the script that Pat Mills, I think, pitched, which never actually made it to the screen, was um, in... I think they did it as, like, a lost story for Big Finish. It was, it was called The Space Whale, which is weird because Stephen Moffat did a Space Whale story. Um, and, you know, now Russell T. Davis is basically remaking um, a story by Pat Mills uh, and John Wagner ostensibly um, in The Star Beast. So everything comes full circle. Uh, but, yeah, so that was something that was going on, like Return of the Dark Knight, which, you know, was Frank Miller's big Batman opus, was kind of... A revisionist look at superheroes, at Batman, um, and same as uh, at the same time Alan Moore was doing Watchmen, uh, which was looking at superheroes in a very different way, where it's like, why are they doing this? Is uh, they're creepy? They're weird. So Ben Aronovich and Andrew Cartmel obviously are are doing the same thing to Doctor Who within Doctor Who. Like, it's like, let's revise what the show is about. Um, let's make the Doctor, you know, more than just a, a buffoon who careens about the, <laughs> the universe bumping into things and, you know, making his own cliffhangers by climbing off a cliff. Um, it happened in the previous story. It's hectic. Uh, anyway, many, many uh, responses, including from uh, Squally on patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of Patreon, I've I've put up the 
the theorizer tier because no one could get on it at $1. So, I put it up to $2 um, and yeah, I don't I don't know if it's going to work, but who knows? I, I think it was too low. <laughs> it just wouldn't work for some reason. People would try and go through the process of paying and then it would be like, nah. Um, maybe the, <laughs> the commission is more than a dollar. <laughs> I don't really know how it works. I know. I'm bamboozled by money. Um, anyway, Squally says about my regenerated brain theory. Um, what a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous theory. I want to pass you a lovely glass of water with your meds <laughs> instead of giving you the usual spray bottle. And then it's smirky face emoji, laughing emoji, kissy face emoji. Um <laughs> Uh, what meds? Oh, yeah, I've been on a lot of pills for my knee. But it's, it's better now. I can go on the cross trainer and the bicycle. Um, yeah, I, I really, I'm into the regenerated brain theory that, you know, only the seventh doctor has had his uh, brain reorganized enough to really know what's been going on all this time. And in the ensuing years, it kind of falls apart. I guess the war doctor kind of uh, might have fallen into that you know, that thing as well. Although I guess his his brain was reorganized into a warrior's stance, um, even though he's still quite lovely and hilarious and curmudgeon-y. Um, but yeah, uh, Rob has a theory. Uh, now, he posted this on the Adam Richard Has a Theory Facebook group, which you can all join. It's, uh, it's free. Um, uh, his theory came up when we were watching An Unearthly Child, which seems like forever ago, but we're still in the 60th anniversary. Um, he said uh, it, he was thinking how the Unearthly Child and Remembrance of the Daleks kind of fit into each other. Um, he says, what we know from an unearthly child is that the Doctor and Susan are essentially lost in time and space, cut off from their people, which we now know are the Time Lords, and they're unable to return due to the malfunctioning TARDIS or the Doctor's inability to control it. Um, over the course of the next 60 years, we learn that the Doctor stole the TARDIS because he wanted to go travelling. What we know from Remembrance of the Daleks is that the Doctor and Susan were on Earth in 1963 because the Doctor had presumably stolen the hand of Omega and was hiding it on Earth. We know this because of a brief one-sided phone conversation where a funeral worker questioned Sylvester McCoy's appearance, remarking to his colleague on the other end of the line, I thought he said that he was an old geezer with white hair. Um, so the Doctor and Susan were actually on the run in a machine, unable to be controlled, so landing on Earth was purely chance and burying the hand there was simply out of necessity. Is that why the Doctor grew to love Earth so much? Because he needed to pop back and check on the hand from time to time? This also makes me wonder about how the Doctor ended up with the hand and how this might explain his leaving the Division and why. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know, does the does the Hartnell Doctor remember the Division? I'm very confused about when the Division got wiped. Um, Grant had an interesting uh, addition to this theory from Rob, which is, was it the third Doctor hiding the Hand of Omega after the three Doctors? Um, even though the Hand isn't mentioned, he did go and, you know, hang out with Omega uh, and the first and second Doctors. Um uh, but yeah, he loved he loved this theory from Rob. I yeah, because it's the hand of so the Doctor and Susan couldn't control the TARDIS, and he brought the hand of Omega back. Um, then it's kind of like why did he go and hide it for a future time? But 
yeah, I like the idea. I like both of these ideas because the, the idea of the third Doctor doing it could be that the first Doctor kind of explains everything <laughs> to the third Doctor. Because, you know, I, I love that the, like, you know, technically the first Doctor is the youngest one, but in the three Doctors, they treat him as the most, as the wisest one, implying that they get stupider as they get older. <laughs> Which would explain <laughs> some lunatic behaviour in the more modern series. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, I, I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't know where the, the Hand of Omega was always there since the 60s or maybe was put there later. Um, like, they're both interesting theories. I love them both. Um, also, uh, lovely James, who has made a word cloud. If you go to Adam Richard Has a Theory, the Facebook group, he's put in every single title of a Doctor Who story ever. And um, it ha- has made, like, a fun little word cloud, which is very interesting. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite cute. Daleks is quite big, <laughs> weirdly enough. Probably would be even bigger if he included the singular Dalek with the plural Daleks. Um, but, yeah, it's weird. Uh, and uh, someone said they <laughs> surprised Christmas wasn't larger. I know. It, it feel, in the modern series, it feels like there are a lot of Christmases, but, you know goes back a while. Um, anyway, James uh, has said that my mention of Jodrell Bank uh, is an excuse for to air an idea and he's written one of his little scenes. And he says, what if the classic series did what we're getting this year? He goes, the scene, a radio telescope looms on the horizon. Some random passers-by observe, weird, it looks like a model. Uh- <laughs> We zoom in closer and closer to the control room in the scaffold where scenes are occurring. The fourth doctor and the master are duking it out Britishly. Having saved the universe together, the master is, as is the tradition, turning the tables and holding the universe to ransom. Peoples of the universe, please attend carefully. The message that follows is vital to the future of you all. The choice is for you all is simple. A continued existence under my guidance or total annihilation. In the ensuing struggle, the Doctor saves the universe, but at a terrible cost, he plunges to his doom while the Master skips away. At the bottom of the telescope lies the Doctor's broken body and his three companions gather around. Adric, Nyssa and Tegan all cry, Doctor, as if this might help. <laughs> it does trigger some hallucinations as past companions and foes swirl around the Doctor's imagination. Die, Doctor. Don't die, Doctor. Eventually, two faces stand out, Jamie McCrimmon and Zoe Harriet. Doctor, Doctor, you have to live. You have to come back. The actual Doctor starts in shock and breathes, of course, and gestures towards the figure of the Watcher who's been hanging around since episode one. The two figures merge and the Doctor starts to change. He seems to shrink. Curly hair straightens out. The face closes in a little and lines appear and suddenly, boom, the Doctor sits up. Jamie, Zoe, maybe it's not too late. Oh, my giddy aunt. And with that, the fifth Doctor, played by Patrick Troughton, springs to his feet and careens towards the TARDIS. Oh, my God. Before his companions can join him, the door slams and the box starts to vanish. Distantly, they hear, don't worry, Romana, K9, I'll be back in a jiffy. Uh, James likes this idea because it fixes the injustice of Jamie and Zoe's mind wipe. 
just as it looks as though Russell T. Davis will do with Donna. Three episodes, finding Jamie, finding Zoe, and then walloping some Time Lords or something. <laughs> it turns out the trial was being presided over by a rogue faction uh, before all is resolved and Peter Davison can take over as the sixth Doctor. Ah, oh, this is cute. I like this, James. Um, all right, we've run out of time. Uh, we will continue more of your reactions, your thoughts. Um, if you've got any first times, if you've got anything to say about Star Trek... <laughs> I'd love to hear it. Uh, and uh, let me know what, what story we should do next. Um, I have some in the pipeline, but, you know, would you like to respond to what everyone wants? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.